A reading from Your Mountain is Calling, Finding God in Untamed Places by Rachel Ann Ridge, author and creative coach. Rest. Fresh snow blankets the wild landscape like a down quilt. Feathery snowflakes fall aimlessly and drift upon the craggy rocks, the gnarled trees, and the rough brush, softening their edges and cajoling them to sleep. Sleep now. Hush. Winter arrives gently this year. The untamed place reluctantly acquiesces to rest like a wild child who resists a nap and finally stills just long enough to succumb to slumber. Leaves are fallen, branches quiet. The stream is frozen, its babble shushed mid-sentence. Mountain Heather is tucked under a snow cover, her nodding heads on snowflake pillows. Everywhere, creatures find dens, and hidey holes, thickets, and caves to snuggle into. A long winter nap beneath this spun wool blanket brings a necessary pause, a dormancy by design for a wild world that needs its rest. You turn in a slow circle, taking it all in. The beauty of stillness is a sacred pause, a holy hush, a divine season of mise en place, everything in its place, preparing for the next season of growth, motion, and life. You sense that you have been in your own season of dormancy, of waiting, but it hasn't felt beautiful. It has felt cold and dead. You've witnessed others around you, their lives and ministries full of vibrant life, while you've ached to throw off your weighted blanket of winter slumber. Your dreams have been frozen, your progress impeded, your path obscured. The beauty of stillness is a sacred pause, a holy hush, a divine season of La Mise en Place. Now the sparkle of fresh fallen snow gives you a new perspective. What if my life needs seasons of rest, just like the earth needs it? What if God's designed it so that I must stop and be still? Winter is not the end of life, but a necessary part of it. It's a means of protecting, prolonging, and preserving fruitfulness and regeneration. You can see that now. My soul is a wild child needing rest. You turn one last time and surrender to the season. Exodus 33, 14. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Hello and welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. Oh, I'm so happy that you have found your way here. Your presence is so welcome here. Rachel has designed this beautiful book filled with stunning 
Oh man, stunning imagery, photography taken by her husband and her son. And so I encourage you, if you can, to grab a copy of it, download it on Kindle. I love it on my Kindle because then it's with me wherever I go. And when I just need to kind of stop and have a grounding moment, I turn to one of her stunning photos and just read a short devotional. She's designed this book in such a beautiful fashion. And so it really serves as a a grounding tool. That's what I love about it, especially with the work that I do. It helps us have another tool in our emotional health toolbox for grounding. She writes in the beginning, Sir Francis Bacon echoed early church philosophy when he stated, God has, in fact, written two books, not just one. Of course, we are all familiar with the first book he wrote, namely Scripture. But he has written a second book called Creation. The book of creation, its heights and depths, still being explored, continues to reveal a creator in ways a printed page cannot. Here we experience a wonder and awe that opens us to a God not contained by human words or constructs. When King David, overcome by a desire to honor God, wanted to build a grand temple for him, the Lord said, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Isaiah 66.1 In other words, what could you possibly build that would contain me? Is it any wonder that so many divine encounters happen in the mountains? Now, Rachel has designed this book around the creation of mountains. Jesus himself was known to seek out the solitude of mountains and hillsides to meet with his father. It was in these places that he found revelation, communion, and direction. I'm so excited to shout out to one of our heartlifters today, Ramona. I had the privilege of hearing about her recent trip to Nepal and how God met her there. She even took Stronger Every Day, my book, with her to Nepal. So I love now I can say, I've been to Nepal. At least my book's been to Nepal. And she had a couple days of a few hours where she had some solitude, stillness, and silence away from the group. And she found a little table in the back of the place they were staying And she sent me a picture, and it really ought to be in this book, because in the background are the Himalayas, that incredible mountain range. And God met her there. She took and made time and set aside her heart (laughs) to meet with God. And he came and he met her there in such a special way. So thank you, Ramona, for being a heart lifter for sharing your story about your beautiful trip to Nepal, and thank you for encouraging my heart. So today in part two, we are going to continue talking about liminal space. And remember that liminal comes from the Latin root limen, L-I-M-E-N. Of course, I'm not sure how to say that, which means threshold. The liminal space is the crossing over space a space where you have left something behind, yet you are not fully in something else. It's a transition space, an intermediate or in-between phase. The liminal space is a waiting space. 
And as Rachel said to us, the world of the Spirit, that untamed Spirit of God, is found in liminal spaces. Now, God is so good to us that he will find us wherever we are in the mad rush of Black Friday shopping, which we've just passed, or in the mad rush of all the things we tend to busy ourselves with during a hurried holiday season. But Rachel is inviting us to take a pause, maybe find some rest, and to open our hearts to the liminal spaces of God where the Spirit dwells in the in-between place. I am currently in a liminal space in my life, in my ministry, in the movement of where and what is next. So that involves really adding in some intentional silence, solitude, and stillness so that I can hear the voice of God because it tends to be a whisper as we're taught. I want to know what it is that he wants me to do with my time, my talent, my treasures, my energy in this next season of life. Maybe you're there. Maybe you've just come through a liminal space, or maybe you've never even understood what this means. Well, that's why we're here today. And so I'm going to continue this beautiful conversation with Rachel, and I hope that it's a meditative experience. It's what I've designed it to be. So that wherever you are, you can just take some time, open up the podcast on your phone, on your tablet, maybe sit on your front porch, and just listen to the meditations at the beginning and at the end of today's episode, and rest. Calm your hurry away. Tell your nervous system, shh, shh, shh. Right? Just like I was doing to my sweet new grandson. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Yeah, I feel like um, a huge part of what you're, you're asking and inviting us into, I wrote it down somewhere, but I can't seem to find it. Uh, I may have sent it to me on my message. Just let me check because I think it was super important. Yeah, you're right. It's in the margins of life that we discover infinite possibilities, intricate patterns on eyelids, and respite from predictability. There is a weightless swaying that feels like a mother's soft embrace, an invitation to rest in the comfort of unknowing. Mm And I think that is what is so scary. That is what is so unnerving. Is that we are programmed to know, to be in control. And we need to know and believe God loves us. Know, K-N-O-W is a very big part Mm -hmm. of the scriptures, right? But that Mm -hmm. is, that means intimacy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's what that word know means. Mm -hmm. It means, you know, intimate relationship 
And I think that, you know, as you were talking a minute ago, I just, I thought I was thinking of COVID and the shutdown and the churches, you know, we couldn't go to church, we couldn't meet with other believers. And personally, I have felt very strongly that God was calling us to become worshipers who worship in spirit and truth and not Mm -hmm. dependent Mm -hmm. on a temple per se, as he said to the woman at the well. Mm -hmm. And that was unnerving and an unraveling of our, our personal structure, identity, beliefs, all of those things. But how magnificent would it be if now we were individually following suit to David in the pasture all alone, spending his time with God and lions and tigers and bears? Oh, my, you know, <laughs> and that. If we can fully participate in that everyday kind of knowing God, getting to know God, intimate relationships with God, what will happen when we come together in community? Because we we know we have to have community. Community is part ecclesia. It's part of God's call on our lives. But this season for me has been one of a call almost to a wilderness. Mm-hmm. And we're going on three years. Mm-hmm. That's very typical of a wilderness stay in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Does that, does that yeah. relate? Do you sense that yourself? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, it's when we find ourselves in uh, places where we feel discomfort, um, which is the past three years in so many ways. Um, but that is when we are struggling to find our footing, to find our balance, to which way is up. Um, I, I really think that we become vulnerable, much more vulnerable to the things of the spirit because we're challenged in, uh, in the way that we have always done things. Well, we've always done yes. church this way. We've always right. had been able to meet with our friends. We've always been able to, um, have our emotional and spiritual needs met in a particular fashion. And now we can't do that. So does that mean now that we can't be spiritual because we can't go to church? <laughs> right. <laughs> we can't, Thank you. you know, go to an yeah. in-person um, Bible study? No, absolutely not. What that means is that we need to just re-examine our, our belief system and maybe even the things that, that we've been taught about, this is the way it must be done and realize, well, actually, you know, we are modern people in a very specific culture in a very specific time. And if you are to look back over all the history of all humankind, if God has revealed himself in um, to every generation and to, to all people, he hasn't done it through, you know, going to a specific <laughs> church That's with specific true. songs, right? That's so, so good. Um, That's so good, right? So even that challenges our, our way of doing things to just realize that he is not confined to our culture. He is not confined to mm-hmm. our language. He's not confined to our Sunday mornings, but, wow. um, but he's calling us to, to seek him and to, and to hear him and understand that, you know, he is, he is there and, um, and he has you on a, on a journey that is going to take you deeper and farther than you could imagine, but only, only if you are willing to let go of, of your preconceived ideas of, of the way that it must be done. (laughs) Yes. And your preconceived ideas of God. 
Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been an invitation to know God, to know mm-hmm. Jesus, to know the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. how they are triumphantly triunal, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. Right. I have so many more questions, <laughs> but I will respect your time, dear <laughs> Rachel. Might you honor us with a reading of eminence as we close? Oh, goodness. Yes. Grab that, my I have here. it on One page second. 70 in Kindle. But I just uh, think it would be a beautiful benediction, actually. Mm, Okay. So these are some mountain bluebells. So beautiful. They are just translucent and they've got a little bit of morning dew on them. No. You talk so, a lot about morning dew, which made me really think of the mountains because we, I live in Virginia, so we have mountains and ocean. And mm. so we tend to go to the ocean yes. more, but I went to college in the mountains, but dew is definitely more prevalent in the mountains than it is yeah. at the beach, you know? So I love your uh, beautiful uh, remembrances of morning dew. Yeah. It's beautiful. Morning arrives soft as dewdrops, shrouded in gauzy gowns of mist that seem to float effortlessly about them. Young pines line your path to greet the day. At their feet, tender grasses and newborn wildflowers gulp the tiny airborne droplets in the stillness of the hour. If you listen hard, you can almost hear the moisture travel the length of stems to unfurl translucent petals and pale green leaves. Day has begun. The ground beneath your feet has a spongy feel and each step brings a waft of hummus, the smell of last autumn's leaves decaying into the earth to become the soft bed of new life. A troop of wild mushrooms poke their caps through the dirt and tip them toward the sun as if eager to say thanks. You've planned a day filled with awe-inspiring vistas and grand peaks to photograph, but it's the mountain harebells that have caught your attention. Bell-shaped purple blooms that are still nodding their sleepy heads in the morning light. Paper thin, their delicate petals are glazed with dew catching the light and seeming to glow from within like Japanese lanterns. What, what a treat. You stop in your tracks to gaze at them. You are compelled to take a closer look. And so you bend a knee into the damp earth to inspect them. The five petals gently curving out, barely concealing the yellow stamens like bell cappers inside. A puff of wind animates the blooms in all directions, and you can almost imagine them as a bell choir ringing. This is my father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. Perfectly at home in mountain meadows, as well as windswept rocky mountainsides, the harebell's dainty appearance belies its sturdy backbone and tenacious roots. Its audacious generosity to bloom in these wild places with no thought or care to be seen or admired, but to radiate beauty for its own sake, it strikes you as inhabiting a divine sense of being. How can something so small feel like such a gift? 
in the immense grandeur of a mountain setting. John Muir, the 19th century naturalist, once said, Oh, these vast, calm, measureless mountain days, days in whose delight, days in whose light everything seems equally divine, opening a thousand windows to show us God. He was enchanted as enchanted by dainty flowers and lichen as he was by the awesome peaks and valleys he explored in the untamed wilderness places. It was God's imminence, his presence in creation, that moved him to pen those words, and it's that imminence that moves us still. We are caught in the sacredness of a world that oozes with his mysterious presence, if only we turn aside to see it, touch it, experience it. In the ancient language of flowers, the bluebell family is a symbol of humility, constancy, gratitude, and everlasting love. How fitting, then, that God's all-encompassing love and constant presence is perfectly expressed in these tiny harebells today. The joy of their unexpected appearance, enough to stop you in your tracks, is a gentle reminder of your Heavenly Father's care and delight in you. They are quiet whispers of His eminence, God with us, Emmanuel. The harebells chime forth His presence in this space, just for you. And then Romans 11.36 says, For from Him and through Him and for Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. so much, Rachel. Mm. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I did want to ask because I know how hard it is to implement this type of life practice rhythm Mm. in our spirituality. You are a creative coach. Is that what that means? Or do you, are you like a creative (laughs) coach that helps people with creative projects or would you be someone (laughs) are you a resource that helps someone understand how to add creativity to their life um I would say all of the above um I yes I am um I am a life coach but my my sweet spot is in the creative spaces so um my my clients tend to be writers and artists or people who are wanting to explore um their creative side or wanting to spark a spiritual transition or you know maybe you've just find yourself in a in a transitional place in your life and so for me nature is a um like a like a practice of stillness or a practice of um, praying the hours or uh, meditation or or contemplation can be a, a transformative practice to just simply go outside and to spend five minutes um, taking deep breaths, taking it in, feeling the wind or the temperature, or just sensing what is going on about you and. Um, you know, if you really want to get scientific about it, science backs this up that um, that nature is um, is good for your emotional 
well-being, your physical well-being. Um, it inspires creat- creativity, creative thoughts, and problem solving. Um, it helps your brain. It reduces stress. All all of those good it things. Does. And it's free. And it's free. It's free. Like if someone could write you a prescription. And in yes. fact, doctors can now write prescriptions, nature prescriptions to go outside. And um, so if, if it is possible to spend let's say, you know, 20 minutes, three times a week out in nature, maybe taking your walk, you will see a reduction in your stress level. Your body is going to feel better. You're going to be moving, adding oxygen, all of those things. So even just from a scientific standpoint, as I said, spending time in nature is good for you. So on a spiritual level, it is you know, it, it's like, um, superfood, right? Transcendent. Exactly. <laughs> it's transcendent. So it that, that is my encouragement. So as a, so I guess to answer your question to, you know, as a, um, creative coach or creativity coach, that is one of the practices that I really encourage people to, to do. It's easy. It's free. It doesn't require a college degree <laughs> or any <laughs> level of skill, but you just by integrating that into, if you can see measurable positive changes. Immeasurable, beautiful word again. Yes. Mm. Okay. So, how can our heart lifters find you? My website is super easy. It's rachelandage.com. Um, I'm on, you know, all the places, Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook. So if you type in, you know, or do a search for Rachel Ann Ridge, you'll, you'll probably see me pop up, but um, yeah, just connect with me in your favorite, in your favorite way um, on social media. Everybody's got their, you know, kind of their favorite way to do it. And I try to just be available in those spaces. Perfect. And I love the name of your weekly email, Sunday gold, Sunday gold. (laughs) So be sure to get your Sunday gold from Miss Rachel. Uh, Ann Ridge. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I'm so grateful for this uh, delightful invitation, especially as we're moving into the holiday season, an invitation to understand his imminence. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.